You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. We're continuing on a series. Anybody know what we're talking about? Encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. I said, everybody needs encouragement. And unique to the family of God is the idea that this is an important thing. And that all of us bear responsibility to encourage one another. The New Testament is largely about one another. About taking care of one another and how we treat one another. That's an important thing. Um, Jesus said, by this, they'll know... That we're his disciples. If you say that's me. me. Have love for one another. When you love one another. You take care of one another. You treat each other right. And if you fail to do that. You get it right as quick as you can. And it's an important thing. And in the body of Christ. Whether you know it or not. Like it or not. The world is watching. And so we're not looking to put on any kind of hypey show. Or anything else. But to be genuine. Real deal. Followers of Jesus with the love of God. We love because he first loved us and he's given us a love that we can love one another. And it's important then out of, out of the whole idea of encouragement is that we put courage in other people and that also you cannot give what you do not have. So you have to be able It's a skill that we can all grow and improve in. We have to be able to encourage ourselves and to keep ourselves encouraged. If you're counting on somebody else always to encourage you, what if they show up late? What if they're stuck in traffic? What if they don't even make it? And we we have to. And we've been given the tools. We've been given help uh, through the Holy Spirit, through Scripture, through some practical means. We've been given some things so that we can encourage ourselves, keep ourselves encouraged. But we also need one another desperately. And we have a responsibility. We have a ministry to encourage one another. Could I get a good amen out of the church today? Um, life's tough. Events happen. People disappoint you. Things, things go on. All kinds of things go on in life. And because of that, that sometimes can discourage you. Take courage out of you. And so what we want to do is to put courage back in us and put courage back in to other people. And that is encouragement. And that's what we need to be about. I do want to remind you, and this will be a good news message, but I have to remind you that life really is made up of a continuous cycle of crisis and process. Small things, big things. I mean, you get a new little puppy, you're going to have some crisis (laughs) and process, you know. And you got big things and you got little things and you got constant things, multiple things, and you have little zones where... Nothing. I have no problems, no crisis. Take a picture of it. Okay. And this is not to have a a doom and gloom outlook on life. You know, we're to keep hope strong and and have a a picture, a clear picture in our heart and our mind of our our preferred future and where we're headed. And that's a, a very important thing to have on the inside. But part of what helps you to stay buoyant in life is to realize life is crisis and process. So I want to review just a little bit on some things that we touched on last, uh, last week. And I won't write out all these big words in front of you, but this is super important that we get a hold of this. Let this stand for disappointment. How many of you know that disappointment is part of life? For the rest of you? 
Disappointment is a part of life. Now, your whole life should not be a disappointment. Remember, it's crisis and process. But things happen. You know, things happen. Things don't go like you wanted. It rained on your parade. Aunt showed up for the picnic. You know, the neighbors are too loud. This, that, different things. The thing you ordered wasn't what you thought it was. The thing you worked so hard on didn't turn out like you'd hoped. People you were counting on let you down. Life is made up of disappointment. Part of it. And you have to deal with the disappointment. And part of dealing with it is understanding it's part of life. Don't be shocked when something doesn't go your way or something doesn't turn out just right. You're not exempt. You're blessed. Come on, you're blessed. And you have help from above, but we're still here. We're on earth. There's gravity. There's stuff. There's things. There's neighbors. There's all kinds, all kinds of things. So disappointment does take place. And if you'll understand that that happens and you won't be shocked by that. And that is part of processing and, and helping to deal with disappointment. However, if you do not deal with disappointment, it goes to the next level. Does anybody remember what that was? Discouragement. Discouragement. So if you don't deal with the, the disappointment soon enough and in the right way, then you have discouragement. Here's the thing about discouragement. Listen carefully. This now enters your soul. This enters your soul. The other stuff's hitting you on the outside, but once you get discouraged, now it's on the inside and you're starting to lose your courage. And so at this point, your soul includes your will, your intellect, and your emotions. That's where you think, feel, and decide. So once you get discouraged, it's going to affect how you think, how you feel, and it will affect your decisions. So what we're doing with this series, folks, here's where we're waging our war. We're waging our war right here because if we don't, then we go down to the next level. Anybody remember the next one? Depression. I received a... Uh, two emails and a letter this week from people and I would never divulge who or what or any of the circumstance but they said last week they realized that the reason they were depressed they were able to track it back and realize there were some disappointments that came that they never really dealt with properly and this this digression took place it affected their soul now here's what happens once you get into depression this now affects you in every way. It affects your spirit, your soul, your body, how you feel. Um, everything about you gets, starts to get pushed down. And if you don't get some help and work through that, then very soon you'll find yourself where? Defeat. And defeat is where you pull over, park it, take the wheels off and say, let it rust. I don't care. And you don't want to get to that place. And let me remind you of this very important truth. You are never defeated until you quit. Or give up. And I don't care what it looks like. You might be what I call gravel or face in the gravel. You know what I mean? I mean, you're down in the gravel. You might be that low. It's time to start trash talking. It's time to start fighting back. Come on. Because you're not defeated until you quit. So what we want to do is try to, if you're here, let's turn it around and come on up. Come on up. And get you filled back up with courage. If you're here, same thing. Let's come on up. Where we're really trying to wage our war is right here. Between disappointment and discouragement. Um, and that's where we've got to help ourselves. That's where we've got to help other people as well. Are you with me so far? Now, in some reading, 
I read uh, an illustration. It's a true fact, and I'm using it as an illustration. That a fish, a fish is designed to live in water. They're equipped for that in every way. And they're also built and equipped so that they are able to stay in the stream, in the current. And you'll, you've seen it on TV or those of you that are avid fishermen or whatever. Oh, and by the way, speaking of fish, this week is shark week on <laughs> TV. I'm, we're cranked about that. <laughs> we like shark week. But anyway, back to the illustration. Uh, you've seen fish and they, they will sit in the water against the current. The current is coming and they're able to stay there. The thing about that, though, is they cannot survive if they stay in that current indefinitely. They can't stay in that forever. So they have to do something. And this is here's the three things. And this will preach. And I'm going to come back later and I'm going to preach this somehow. They can't stay in that current forever. So they have to, number one, you ready for this? Hide behind a rock. Y'all getting that? Hide behind a rock. Or, and, go deep. See, the Lord wants you to get this message. <laughs> go deep. Get below. Or thirdly, find still waters. Well, sometimes as people are in that current, you can't stay in that forever. Sometimes in the ministry of encouragement, you know what you and I actually become? We become part of that rock. To block some of the current for them for a little bit. To get in there with somebody and say, I know you're hurting and I know this happened. And I know you're disappointed. I know you're discouraged. I know you're going through something. And to get in the way of that current and be a little bit of a rock for them. And provide a little relief for them. That's an important thing. And I pray that that ignites something in your heart that you want to be that. We all love that when people do that for us. But the thing is, we're blessed so that we can be a blessing. And strength is not for status. Strength is for service. And so it's very vital that that we have in our hearts that we want to be that rock for somebody as well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 through 7, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And Paul is speaking. He said, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest. Watch the words carefully. There was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction and battles with battles on the outside and fears on the inside. But God, everybody say, but God, but God, watch this, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us. How did he do it? By the arrival of Titus. Everybody say God uses people. His presence was a joy. Titus, his presence was a joy. But so was the news he brought of the encouragement he received from you. So let's look at a couple of things here. Paul is saying we had a lot going on so much so that we had no rest. We had battles on the outside. We had fears on the inside. Let me inform you or remind you that the enemy always loves to give you what I call package deals. Package deals. And do you know what is free with whatever else he can work into your life? Fear. Fear. 
So not only is it that bill or that doctor's report or something in that relationship or this or that or that concern or this little crisis, it's the fear that goes along with it. And the apostle Paul himself said, you know, we were so loaded down with situations that we were getting no rest. We had battles on the outside. We had fear on the inside, but God, but God who encourages those that are discouraged did something. He what? He encouraged them. Now get a hold of this. He encouraged them by the arrival of Titus. And I had you repeat this, but I want you to repeat it again. God uses people. Now, of course, God can just do things. He can direct. But sometimes he uses a middleman. Sometimes he uses people. And I want you to get a hold of this. God wants to use you. We all want help. We all want to be encouraged. But you need to know whatever your station or, or situation in life right now, maybe he can't use you right now, you feel. But you know what? He wants to use you. And maybe right now your test will end up being a testimony. And right now your scar later is a trophy. If you can show some of you think you've been through something, let me, let me show you what I've been through. And it's an important thing. You need to understand God wants to use you. You have a responsibility. You have a ministry. God wants you to be an encouragement to other people. Two ways that Titus was, was a, an encouragement to them. Number one was his presence. Everybody say presence. And secondly was his words. Everybody say words. And so this is also how God wants to use you. God wants to use your presence. God wants to use your words. Now, first of all, regarding your presence, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. I'm here. You're blessed. (laughs) You know, no, no, no. Now, let me ask you this question. They were encouraged. It also says in in those verses, they received joy. From his presence and from his words. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer it out loud, but I do want you to answer it on the inside. Are people glad to see you coming? Are people glad to see you're coming? If they're glad to see you coming, it's because of what you bring with your presence. And it's what you deliver with your words. If they're not glad to see you coming, it has something to do with your presence and your words. And we have to monitor that. You can't just be in everybody's face. You, you, you have to be careful and sensitive and deliberate about our presence and our words as we approach people if we're going to truly be an encouragement to other people. So let's break this down just a little bit. And we're going to look at some practical things, but they tie right together with this whole idea. First of all, his presence. And this would be if you're going to encourage somebody and you've had it happen for you. It's just somebody's presence helps you out. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here with me. You know, we've all had times like that. You also want to be that kind of person that people are glad to see you coming in their time of need and their time of discouragement. It's just by being there. It's just by showing up. It's just by reaching out. That can be encouraging to people. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is facing the trial of his lifetime. He's not done anything wrong except that he is breaking the way through for the kingdom of God. And uh, it goes against the religious leaders and the political leaders and corruption and everything. So he is in a fight for his life. And it reads in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Paul said, at my first defense, 
no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened or encouraged me. So let's look at a couple of things here. Notice he said at my first defense, no one stood with me, which means what? Somebody didn't encourage him with their presence. He could have just left it at that, but I believe it stung. I believe it hurt because then he said this, he added on to it. All forsook me. It's not just that they didn't show, they forsook me. And I think he had to process it because the next thing says, may it not be laid to their charge. He had to forgive them. He said, but the Lord stood with me. And you read all around that and read history and everything. There's no recorded words that the Lord came in and, and told him something. It's just simply this, that the Lord showed up, that the Lord stood with him. Now, so we know timeline what's going on. Jesus has already ascended into heaven. And this was a supernatural sense. The Lord is with me. That the Lord stood with him and did what? Strengthened him. And that word is also related to encouraged. And so it's important that we also, sometimes you just need to be there. You just need to show up. In the ministry, and I've been in full-time ministry since 1979. Gosh, <laughs> started when I was two. Uh, and not only in ministry, as far as a pastor, but for about the, about the past 11 years, I've been involved in law enforcement chaplaincy. And sometimes you get calls that you never want to go to, but you go. And I've seen some things. I saw something a week ago, Friday, that still, honestly, every day I'm thinking about, I'm praying for the, the people that remain. And it was a horrible situation. And I was called for what? Just basically to be there. And sometimes you go and you don't know what you're going to say. You don't know what the situation's going to be. And it, and it happens and you just go. And there's something because a lot of times some people don't have anybody to be there. And so as we go, go in the name of the Lord. Don't go in your own name with your, with your stuff and, you know, trying to pull your agenda. You go in the name of the Lord that I want to encourage somebody. And you go and he will be with you. And sometimes it's just your presence. Just your presence that will help. Second thing is your words. Your words. Notice that Titus brought good news. You should bring good news. These should be positive words. Life-giving words. Helpful words. Don't go into somebody's hospital room or living room or whatever the situation would be. Don't go there and just go, man, you look bad. (laughs) And don't sit around and rehash the news. Well, I wonder if they really got that that leak in the Gulf capped or not. You just never know about it. They don't care about that. There's a lot of things that are on a global scale that when you're hurting bad, you could give a rip. I'm hurting right now. Don't, don't bring in all that stuff. And then whatever you do, don't use this one. Man, it stinks to be you. Okay? Don't use that one either. But come in and offer words that would help. Don't be preachy. Don't be dogmatic. Don't be cliche. And sometimes just be quiet. And just be there. In Proverbs 25, verse 11, it says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. 
The Message Bible puts it this way. The right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary, which also means weak, uh, without strength or discouraged. And so you need to, as you approach a situation where you're wanting to be an encouragement to somebody, God, show me what to say. Show me when to be quiet. Show me when it's time to leave. I was in a situation the other night and I offered all the help that I thought I could. And I'm kind of thinking, what else, you know, can I do? And then I just suddenly knew, you know what? It's time for me to just gracefully bow out. I I would rather leave with them wanting a little bit more than them wanting a whole lot that you leave. Okay. And so it's, it's important thing. Some of y'all are understanding that good deal. I want to share four practical things with you. And I'm going to do these very, very quick. Uh, some practical ways that we can use our presence and our words uh, to truly be an encouragement. First of all, give focused attention. Focused attention. Everybody say focused attention. We have a little saying around here. Wherever you are, be all there. Let's try it again. Wherever you are. Be all there. It's rude and it's discouraging for you to supposedly be there to help somebody, to pay attention, to talk to them, and you're doing other stuff. And now in the day, the modern day of, you know, smartphones where the, I mean, they got phones now you can shave with, you can, it's a laser, it's, I mean, it's everything. You can fly with it. it, it those are my invention ideas. Don't take those, Okay. But sometimes, you know, if you're there to talk some, and I'm just using as as an example, you're there to check on somebody and encourage somebody. Don't be, uh huh, yeah. What? Could you wait just a minute? High score. What now? You know, don't don't be doing something else because you know what? Number one, it's rude. Second of all, it's discouraging. It's discouraging that something else. For just a few moments, couldn't they be the object of your attention so that you could encourage them? Secondly, little thing that I've taught around here for a long time, countenance control. Everybody say countenance control. I'm going to write up here so I don't have to write a big word in front of you. Face. Face. It really means this. Control your face. Control your face. Uh, Your face, your countenance is your billboard. It tells you what business you're in at the moment. This is your surface and it reveals your contents. And with your face, did you know your face speaks? And I'm not talking about this part. You know, the monster in the cave underneath your mouth or nose. I'm not. No, but I'm talking about just your face. Your face speaks. Some of y'all are speaking to me now. No, I'm just teasing. Nobody would ever yawn at Meadowbrook. Okay. But your face speaks. Moms are highly trained in this. I can remember from across a large room, 
My mom was judge, jury, and executioner, all with her face. Not a word, nobody heard anything, but I knew. Life as I knew it was over. (laughs) You can show disapproval. You can show concern. You can show compassion. You can show disinterest. You can show all kinds. You can show shock. And sometimes, and be careful of this, because sometimes you go into a situation or hospital room or whatever, don't go in and go, (sighs) yeah. Control this. It's important, okay? Control this. It's a very important thing. Listen to the scripture. Oh, and let me say this too. Be deliberate about it. Be aware of it. That I, I want my face to speak something encouraging. And be genuine. You know one of the worst inventions ever? The fake religious smile. How many of you have ever seen the fake religious smile? Give your neighbor right now... God bless you. Give, give them one. <clears throat> yeah. It's gross. Control this. Be genuine. Be authentic. Be compassionate. Encourage somebody. Listen to the power of this scripture right here. Proverbs 15 verse 30 in the Amplified Bible. Watch this. The light in the eyes of him whose heart is joyful... Rejoices the hearts of others. And good news nourishes the bones. Did you see that? The light in the eyes of him whose heart is joyful. He is encouraged. He is strong. He's on a mission. The light in those eyes will rejoice the hearts of others. If you've got the goods, that's why I'm saying you can't give with, you can't give what you don't have. You need to prepare and pray and stay encouraged yourself. You've got to stay encouraged because you know what? You never know when somebody's going to need some of your courage. Somebody's counting on you. Somebody's counting on me. I've got to stay strong. It's not just about us being blessed and happy. Jesus saved us, but he left us here so that we would grow in him, realize he's our everything, and we could be a blessing to other people. So it's very important. Use your face in a proper way and make sure that that is a blessing. Because the light in the eyes of him whose heart is joyful rejoices the hearts of others. And good news, your words, this is your presence in your words, will nourish their bones, which really has to do with really to strengthen them. Quickly, number three, right. Everybody say right. Right. Cards, notes, letters, emails, text messages, and so forth. You need to contact people. You need to write things. When you write something, and you should be very careful with this, it allows you time to process what you want to say, to review what you want to say. You say, I know that's dumb, or that's too hard, or that's really cheesy, or they're going to take that wrong. Or just check. This is a novel idea. Check your spelling. And again, back to smart, smartphones and computers, sometimes they'll, they'll auto-correct. A few months ago, I was sending an encouraging uh, email or text, I don't remember, to somebody I was um, ministering to at the time that had, had a death in the family. And I ended it with grace and peace. And my auto-correct changed grace to grave. But I caught it before it went. 
And that's a huge lesson to just slow down and look at it. Because the last thing in the world I want to say to them is grave and peace. And so you need to be careful with that. But let me take you a little bit further as far as writing real quick. Paul knew and used the power of writing. He marked and mentioned it often. Peter said, I write these things to stir you up and to remind you. John said, 1 John 1, 4, he said, in these things we write to you so that your joy may be full. And I want to say it again, cards and letters and notes. Yes, there's technology now, but bear with me just for a moment. I'm going to go old school on you. We can text, we can instant message, we can email and all those things. I'm thankful for those things. And they're part of our culture and everything. But I think handwritten something speaks louder than anything electronic or they'll ever, ever come up with. I was sharing with somebody before service. When I was a little guy, my parents divorced. My dad moved back up north. I had a grandma up there, um, godly woman. To my knowledge, until I was about the age of 12, that's the only person I can, I can locate, I can remember that prayed for me. We didn't really pray in our home. We didn't pray for things. There was nobody in my family that knew how to pray or something. But Grandma Gilligan knew how to pray and Grandma Gilligan prayed for me. And she lived up in Ohio and I lived down in Leesburg. But I got letters and I can still see her handwriting. Because handwriting mattered then too. And she would address these little letters to me. To Master Timmy Gilligan. And my mom would make me write back and draw something and send it back. You know, just a little guy. But I remember to this day. I'm 81 years old. No, I'm not. I'm not. Got 30 years yet on that one. Makes me feel better to know I got 30 years till that. But is it 30? Yeah, 30. Uh, um, I still remember that she wrote Master Timmy Gilligan. It's like. And that she let me know I am praying for you. She also prayed for my half brother. He's a pastor in Toledo, Ohio, preaching to a great church in Toledo this morning. And we've talked about it before, Chad and myself. We just think that Grandma Gilligan was kind of a connection there. But you know what? She didn't just do it. She conveyed it. And here it is all these years later. And I remember the power of that. And you need to sometimes just take the time. I want to encourage some of you, get your own note cards. Get your own stationery. And as God would lay somebody on your heart, send them a note. I got some nice notes this week from some people. No reason. Just God had laid them, laid me on their heart and they sent me a little note. And you know what? It's like a vitamin. Did you know that the encouraged also need to continue to be encouraged? And the discouraged especially need to be encouraged. And don't forget some people. You know, don't forget missionaries. We'll make available to you names and addresses of some of our missionaries. They could probably use encouragement just from somebody that they don't even know. I'm part of Meadowbrook and found out that you're in Haiti or Estonia or all the different places that we have missionaries we're hooked up with. And to let them know, and I'm praying for you and I pray that God will use you in a mighty way. Don't forget our servicemen and women. Don't forget those in leadership. Don't forget people that are in prison that you know. Encourage them. And then also some of you might have estranged family members or children that you're not, you know, in tight contact with. 
The power of something written may really be the key to make a difference. But I think it's a wonderful thing, a powerful thing, a lasting thing. And you know what? When you're trying to make your point and get your, your, your thoughts across to them, no one can interrupt it. And everything stays on track. It's another powerful way to encourage. And one last one. I'll just write one word here. Last. A good last word. A, a good parting shot. I started playing trumpet when I was in sixth grade. And I had different trumpet teachers. I took it really serious. And, and it served me well. And had a lot of exciting things to happen in my life. And got to travel and do some things because of that. I got to meet Tom Rowell because of that and Mike and Sherry and some others and Sandy. And um, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But got to travel really all over the world and do some things playing a horn. But what I want to share with you is this. One of my teachers, he's probably one of my favorite teachers, one of the best teachers I ever had. He said, I want you to do this. He said, at the end of the day, I want you to play the best note you have played all day. Before you put your horn in that case. And so if you played a recital, a concert, you've had a rehearsal, you just practiced and took it to the woodshed, so to speak. And you did all of that. And whether things went really good and you're feeling really good that day playing or it just was not on today. Make the best note that you played all day. That last note that you play before you put the horn away. Take the time, make sure that your embouchure, your air, your balance, everything was just right and play the most beautiful note that you played all day because of this principle, how you put it down is going to affect how you pick it up. And so in the same way, my boys, all of them have loved basketball and we've got a basketball goal by the driveway and it's dinner time. We're calling, come on in, you know, and if they're out there, it's basketball season and they're playing, you know, they're not going to come in on a missed shot and I don't want them to. I don't want them to walk away with a missed shot. The last thing is a very, very important thing that you do. In eating a candy bar. I mean in an organic, all-natural, healthy uh, (laughs) supplement bar. Sometimes that last bite. I mean, my kids can come and look pathetic. Daddy, get it. God will provide for you, sweet. <laughs> or my brother used to do this. Sometimes, sometimes we were kids, we'd do, we'd do deals. Where you rub or scratch backs, you know, a little bit. And I hated now, I hate now to be the last one doing it. I'd rather pay for it and then receive, okay? And part of it is this, too. Is because he'd be finishing up and then he'd jab his finger between my ribs. Listen, the last thing is very, very important. And though a person may not be fully encouraged and everything's well with the world. Or everything's not fully resolved or whatever. You know what? You can end up on something right. And husbands and wives pay attention to each other and keep each other encouraged. And if you're going through something or whatever it would be, just make sure that that last thing, that parting shot, that last note of the day, as, as you leave them, make sure it's something good. And I'll close with this. Paul ended every one of his writings, even after some major correction sometimes, he ended it with words of grace and peace to you. And I pray that you'll take this to heart and realize that God can and God wants to use you 
He wants to use your presence and he wants to use your words. Here's some practical things that we need to be very deliberate and careful about. Because listen to me, church. Everybody needs encouragement. You need encouragement. But there's also people that God wants to use you to be an encouragement to them. And let's make sure that we actually are an encouragement. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you.